A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska something to dive in what's going on everybody thanks for joining us tonight uh zach here joined by your favorite co-hosts uh fitz and drake boys how are we doing tonight well uh, for whoever wants to go first let's go ahead you just watched me inhale a mexican pizza at record pace and now i am pouring a dead guy whiskey pepsi in memory of Eric Shenander and Scott Ross. So you're pouring one out for the homies, huh? Don't waste it. Drink it. <laughs> Fitz, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I am I'm doing doing great, actually. Doing great. I've got a well, job. Well, oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I really wouldn't I wouldn't sit too hard on that one, Fitz, because you might have something in common with uh chins and uh frost if you come with some bad takes tonight. So Okay. Be on your hey, P's and before Q's. We, oh, before we dive into how everything st- too much. Wait, no, 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 stop. Is this how we're starting this? Yeah, I got Will Compton on line one, so yeah, be on true. your P's and Q's. He, he's struggling to get Rich Eisen to join him, so I think I'm okay. Hey, okay. I'm he's all like about on, swinging he's up like on day, like, He's like on day one, 190 something. It's, it's, it, I appreciate the effort. So, all right. No. Let me let me you ask, say though, something the, before we. I got the much. I got the lawn mowed today. Went just went out and picked the family up some supper. So I'm doing well. But thanks for asking. 
God, you're so old with your supper. I'm gonna I'm when we get done supper. when we get done recording. I'm gonna Fucking go old balls. To, I'm gonna watch some. I'm gonna watch one of my programs or one of my <laughs> stories. <laughs> Murder she wrote <laughs> after the football game. Matlock. <laughs> you gonna go watch Matlock? Wish. I okay. Hope we... <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I. I got to say this because it's been driving me crazy since it popped up on my Twitter feed today. Cameron Lenhart decommits today, right? Bad news for Nebraska. We get that. This whole idea of kids committing to a university and not a coach is bullshit. And unless you're a hometown kid, you're committing to the coach nine times out of 10. And the reason why is, and Fitz, Zach, you guys can both agree to this. In the corporate world, when you jump from the same career just to another company, you're quitting the job. You're quitting the boss, not the job. You just fired his boss, who he committed to. It makes perfect sense. The university as a whole does not have this kid's best athletic career interest at heart. Chenander, Frost, in theory, they did. We're starting to see some some question marks there, right? I'm sorry, but I shouldn't have laughed at that. Their their goal their goal is to help him maximize his goals on the athletic field. Okay, the but, university as a whole does not give a shit if he makes it to the NFL or not. No, but what is the only thing guaranteed that was going to be there when Cameron showed up on campus? The university. I, yes. I can't. I can't imagine that he really thought do you think he was getting feedback from people that frost was going to get an extension do you think wasn't it wasn't there a better chance this year that things weren't going to work out and there's a good chance that cameron absolutely that, that's so that's why I mean, i'm just kind of i'm playing the other side of it okay but i think but it shows that he, he actually committed to the coach and not the university yeah but if you're if you want to commit to the university then the university president should be doing the fucking recruiting how do we know he's not? He drives a flies a freaking jet, Drake. Back off. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though, Drake. I mean, it makes sense because that's that's what we all want is hey, commit to university over coach. But it's well, not realistic. It, well, it's, and it's not because you're going to make your your trip to the university, but your main contact point is not with the university president. It's not with your um, English it's not professor. with your teachers, it's, your ac- it's, academic advisor. It's with your position coach, your coordinator, and your head coach, and in some situations, okay. Well, before let's, you're let's... on campus, that's that's your main guys. But I I see the other side of it too, where it's hey, your head coach could be gone at any time for a promotion, demotion, whatever you want to call it. Um, that can happen at any point as well. So I understand fits your point as well. If you're committing to the only thing that's guaranteed to be there. Well, and let's let's think about this too, and this kind of gets into a, a, a bigger part of this as well. Think about go back to Mike Riley, and now look at this year, especially with Frost. And and obviously he was playing for one year. He was trying to succeed, and so he he really went into the transfer portal hard, right? And Shenander has to not sign off, but Frost is going to sign off, hopefully, most likely. And again, we're, how many times are we going to say this tonight? Well, now that we're what we're hearing, you never know, but there was a lot of flash, right? There was a lot of flash right now. They got these guys like, why, why are you signing? Why are you giving scholarships to the, all these DBs, for example? And we're not seeing them. There may be here a year or two, but Riley was doing the same thing. Riley was all about who can I get on campus? It just seems to me this last year, 
this last year and the year before was like, what kind of names, what kind of splash can we make with NIL um, names and getting transfers and creating this idea, but yet it, it never panned out. And that's where, I guess that's kind of where my concern is. Uh, I'm not saying it that that has no direct correlation to uh, Cameron Lenhardt. I'm just saying as they were recruiting though, you know, was, was Lenhardt going to be here? I don't know. I mean, that's the other part of it. We just don't, we don't know anyway. I just, there's so much, and I know we're going to get into a lot of it, but um, yeah. And I don't count Nebraska out of the race. It's, it all depends on who you bring in on, in all honesty, on that defensive side of the ball, because he's a guy right now who's playing defensive tackle. Well, when he gets to the next level, he's a, he's an outside linebacker or a three, four guy depending, but he's still an outside guy right now. His body's going to change and adjust, but if the scheme doesn't work, he's going to decommit it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's hey, reset. I want to talk about the DB thing too. DB room. Can I reset this real quick for you though? Let's yeah. just reset this because for those of you that are listening to this on on Monday or Tuesday and didn't know, uh, week two of the reckoning continued, and Eric Chenander was fired as the d- defensive backs or week safety coach of Nebraska. Defensive. Yeah. Of yeah, Nebraska so, survivor. Anyway, there, yeah. Who's 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 next? But go ahead. I, I so I I was on my way to to a wedding, listening to Big Red overreaction on Saturday, and Damon Benning called in from Lincoln, and he he talked about specifically the DB room while going off on his rant, and I. I I hope that there's a podcast form of this because Zach, I'm going to send it to you after I go find it. I've but had he talks some about really good conversations with DB that I won't get into, but he yeah. also was on Michael Schaefer's um, Sunday program this morning for 24 mm-hmm. seven sports. And it was DB and some, the same concept, but in a longer form of it. So um, when you're done listening to ours, Drake highly recommends that you go there and listen. Yeah. I mean, it's just breaking down everything that we did this off season you know, I obviously, you know, I'm going to take some of the blame for stirring and spreading the Kool-Aid, but all of it was band-aids. And how many, one of the questions Damon Benning asked was how many defensive backs do we have on scholarship? Because they're not really producing at a high level. Right. And it's really hard to grade our talent level. And this is what Damon really got into on big red overreaction when he called in it's almost impossible to grade our talent level of the players we have right now, because they're not giving a hundred percent. He didn't name the DB and I can't think of it from watching the game, but a defensive back was involved in an incompletion, celebrated it, didn't get lined up in time and they got burned for a first down the very next play. I took himself off the field. I think I know exactly who it is, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to name the name either. But I I don't want to throw a kid on the bus, but I, and I'm not accusing the kids of playing hard, but there are instances where there is clearly a mental letdown or a mental lapse because they're not locked in, which is leading to not being able to execute physically. And that's the problem. And part of that is built into the, the mindset and the culture of the last five, seven, eight years. I mean, you can take it back to Mike Riley if you want, but fact of the matter is almost everybody left on this staff is – on this roster is a hundred percent of frost recruit. Uh, okay. So we brought Mike Riley up. Do we want to 
do we want to dive into my point that I brought up a little earlier or, or do we want to keep? No, let's go. Let's, you're you're let's driving go. this. Hey, you're driving this lane train. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, I it was on, great... it was on purpose. Dumbass. This little motherfucker. Um, I did plenty of film study this weekend on Ole Miss and I, I liked what I saw, but um, actually getting back to what I was going to talk about the important point, Mike Riley. Well, we, it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, it is what it is. I honestly feel like Scott Frost left the University of Nebraska in a worse place than Mike Riley did when he was fired. I After yesterday, I agree. I've tried to talk myself into it, to, to it being the opposite. And I think there's a caveat to it. I think the mindset and the culture is way worse. I think individual talent level might be better, but we're not maximizing that talent at all. How about this? And and I probably should. I, I there there are some caveats. No, no, you, you with, you with the it, surrounding, the surroundings wise and support wise, it's a much better uh, job than when Mike Riley took over. So with Trev, the the and the money that they're putting into that that that's not on Frost. So, you know. I right. think w- the way Frost ran the program for the last four years, it was left in a worse position than that than Riley left it for multiple reasons. Number one, because the Golden Boy couldn't save the program, and in some people's minds, the program just just closes the fuck down because we're done. That's not how this works. Nebraska is still like a Fortune 500 company. You just need the right CEO because you've got everything else in place. Well, there, let me, there's just let me, a lot of cuts that have happened under Frost that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's, and it's I don't, tough. I don't, and to go to the company route, the new coach has not a CEO. They need to be a COO. They need to be an operating officer. They need to make things work. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. They, there's that was all the talk last last year off season, right? And into. The, Throughout the season and off seasons, Frost has to just take more control of the of the whole program, right? And so, begrudgingly, he brought in Whipple. Um, I don't know how begrudgingly he was making those other staff changes. You know, letting some of the boys go. But you know, we've seen we've seen that um, before. You bring you bring your your buddies who you 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 trust, you know. But that was that was being said in the first year, second year of like. Were these just yes men, right? There wasn't anybody to counter him. There wasn't anybody to say no. And he could do things and they could all do things that were really, really comfortable. I think you're, you're head on though. Trev out, Trev is the CEO. Yeah. Day to day, everything that needs to get done from, from the doors through that has to be that next coach. And you're, that's a great point. Do you guys, and I'm hesitant to bring this up. But do you guys want to get into the hot mic situation? I do, but one thing on another thing on Frost because uh, I actually was having the conversation with my the boss of where I work at about um, basically st- structure. Frost didn't have a structure when he came to Lincoln, and he didn't have a boss to put that structure into place because Moose was also a wheeling and dealing guy, so there was no structure. And that's, for that's him. brought up on the hot mic too. So perfect. We'll get to that next then, because I, I I actually just got done reading about it and was, yeah. Um, it's just, if there was a structured situation 
Frost would have been successful. And there, there's this is on Frost because you're going into a shitstorm and you knew you were. You knew you, it's not to say that he knew he couldn't structure it, but a lot of people don't function that way. A lot of people can follow what's already in place. Okay. But so setting that, that up is, that's really goddamn hard. Okay. And that's what I'm glad you said that setting it up part, because what I kept thinking about is that I don't think that structure was entirely there with Riley either. And so no, you, I think you it was now broken, have pretty broken. Yes. And now you have this transition from Riley and his staff. And we know, you know, guys were let go in his tenure as well. He was forced to bring on the strain and we know how that went with Robert Diaco. I mean, he just, has the best hair in the game. <laughs> and, and you, you hold, know, Manti Teo loves him as much as he loved his fake girlfriend. Well, there's, there's always something to look forward You've seen to. seen that jawline fits? That dude can coach <laughs> defense. Oh, this guy's but, got great teeth. But you, you get the, you get this idea that he's got to come in and, and that's where I, over the last two weeks and even before that, but, and I, and I've said it is the fact that he blamed and he put so much blame for the, their failures on that prior regime. And, and then it's like after and, that, it and, went to the players. Yes. And, and then we no, all, and we all fucking did it too. Yeah. There's no yeah. accountability. We bought it. We bought it hook, line and sinker. We we're like, oh yeah, the weight room. The, what were these guys yeah, doing? They weren't we doing just... back squats. Well, well, apparently, while players had videos of them doing fucking back squats. Well, and that's yeah. that's the problem I have is that and it's not a problem. I guess it's just what we're what we have is we're only given so much from the media until things change, but from the media, from whatever the university wants to give us. So we can't refute. We can't agree with anything that Frost was saying, right? But after a while, it just started to that part really, really started to wear on me because at some point in time, you've got new guys coming in. But it, it goes exactly. I know this was a long meandering answer, but a response to what you're talking about. But it goes back to the fact that he just never got his own program going. He, the structure, and that was the word. The, he never got the structure. And that's with with structure comes accountability. And this is a, a quote that, that I've held on to a long, long time, um, just kind of based on careers and, and things like that, is this idea that you get what you tolerate. You get what you tolerate. And when you tolerate tardies, when you tolerate lack of effort, when you tolerate whatever it might be, but then it's also happening potentially at the highest level. What do you expect? What do you expect to happen? Now, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, uh, just keeping with our, you know, the doors aren't getting locked when the last person leaves because they're just not paying attention. There's no accountability, stuff like that. And, you know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe all the footballs got stolen from North stadium. Maybe a lot of the weights got stolen because somebody didn't lock up, but it's just that if you tolerate it long enough, that's what you get. And then why would somebody want to change? Because I don't, you know, adults will say it too. Well, what about him? Well, if he could do this, why can't I do this? He doesn't have to do that. Why can't I do that? And so I think that kind of gets us into a little bit more of what Drake referred to as the hot mic. No, we're not talking about the hot mic at a, at a Lincoln high school with Bo Pelini and a recorder, but it's pretty damn close. Or even the Bo Pelini after the Ohio State game. Yeah. Um, cool. You, you who else in that? Or, or Carter's, the best hot mic. Yeah. Carter's hot mic with the Big Ten 
during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who all's in that room on that hot mic, Fitz? Uh, look, it's Sty, Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and I'm guessing whomever the producer is. Okay. Somebody I th- gives, for some somebody... reason, I thought Schaefer was in there. I don't think so. He does. It had to have been because it was Friday morning, right? I have no yeah. idea. I have no I think, idea where I, I think that's because they do a big Friday morning um, show as far as Huskers and music. And it's actually, it's pretty cool. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but I think the producer, because at one point early in the video that, that I saw, he's counting down and bringing them back in from break. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, so set it up though. Sty, what, what is, yeah. Sty is caught on a hot, hot mic on their live stream while they're at break talking about frost missing the zoom meeting welcoming usc ucla um whoever he's having the discussion with directly talks about how he heard when they're at ireland at least three or four events that scott had either set up or were set up for him didn't attend Uh, just basically everything that came out in the severe video that everybody's arguing is now confirmed by your associate AD of athletic development. And I don't, I don't understand how we can argue this anymore. At 16 and 32, you now have an associate athletic director talking about on, on a hot mic how Scott made his job insanely difficult, how he loved Bill Moose having no set of structure for him, and how he hated the structure that came into place. Not and it, as long as I just made it, and these are all quick points made on this hot mic, but it's pretty damning. And for me, I, I it, it's probably the most frustrating thing of this entire tenure because I can't think of a coach that has come in and been received so well by the fan base and so much hope was thrown on to just basically it spit in our face, essentially, if he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, it was that's a lot. A, to, that's a lot to digest. Yeah, it was it was something to to read about it and 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 um kind of take it all in and it makes sense with what we've seen on the field though. Um, just lack of organization, um, not being detailed. Uh, it's never been the big things. It's always been the small things. Okay, physically, you look like Tarzan out there. Okay, well, there's something still not matching up with how you're working out and and how you want to play. Why don't you have a special teams coordinator in your fourth year after you just really shit the bed? Or Why are are we the only university without two DB coaches? Exactly. Literally on the planet, I think. Plenty of questions that looking back and i think i i I, and i'm guilty as shit of this i overlooked a lot of things because i wanted success it it is what it is as a fan that's that's kind of what you do it sucks that a lot of it uh, that everything that came out was probably correct or most of it is i mean there's probably a little bit of embellishment somewhere in there but a lot of it's got to be true and i'll give i'll give severe kudos for this i mean good on him for for having the nuts to go out there and say it because of the amount of hate I'm sure he got on it. Well, and if just imagine though, in the world of message boards, Twitter, 
social media, all this stuff, right? Where the reporting comes from. It's, it's literally sound bites in text form. That's what we're getting. Take it, take it for what it is. But just imagine though, and Drake used the right word, damning. Even if 40% of it is true, that's still, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Even 25, even a quarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can drop that down. And that's, that's the thing. And I think you can, when you step back and you look at that, you take that quote only from, from Stai and that information. Well, what's going on, everybody? Zach from Church of the Corn here. Just doing a, another commercial for Manscaped. Fabulous products for males as well as females. So don't worry, ladies. You're included here. Uh, a couple of things I just recently purchased from them were the body wash and the deodorant. Body wash, fabulous. Um, smells great. Got a lotion after afterfill to it, which is awesome. And then the deodorant smells great as well. It smells like you're putting on cologne and lasts all day. Uh, from someone that sweats a lot, it is phenomenal. Uh, don't forget the lawnmower 4.0 is absolutely awesome as well. Um, the weed whacker for the nose trimming is great. Dude, Manscaped has plenty of great products. So do yourself a favor, capitalize on the Church of the Corn partnership with them by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code corn church for 20% off and expedited shipping. So go up there, spoil yourselves and uh, let them know the boys from church of the corn sent you. And look at it and lay it over the program. The last four years in three games makes, it sense. makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it it starts to show, and it's no more. There's no more conspiracy theory. There's no more. The Big Ten hates us with scheduling. Like I'm, I'm done with that stuff. I'm done with that stuff because we hate ourselves because we're not doing our fucking job. We've got it. We've got a house to clean up. Remember, I was thinking about this a lot yesterday. Remember when Frost came on board and he talked about that they had to deconstruct this and they were going to have to take this house down to the studs, right? Taking this house down. We're full on bulldozing the house down. The lot is it's prime real they estate. They shit in our living room it's and still, didn't do anything else. You, still, you know what he did? It's he prime real estate. Poked a hole in the drywall, mm. threw all the trash behind it, and patched it. Yeah. So now we got to tear and it then down. Upper decker the toilet. Burn. <laughs> it's like your favorite thing in the world to say. Um, burn it but, down uh, and start over. We get, We're literally we are starting more so than we did after whatever. We are flat out starting over in 2023. And I said, I said it today on Twitter. Somebody said something about how we're having another rebuild. We've never gone through a full rebuild, and we should have. No, we went through a ago. remodel, a very minor one, where we put some paint yeah, on the walls. We 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 went through a few facelifts in the last twenty years. And we I have think not that paint g- had lead in it. Is kind of where we're at. Yeah. Right now. We put yeah, fucking it's... wallpaper up, guys. Let's be honest. We didn't even do, go with leaded paint. Wait, are we going back to the nineties with wallpaper? Yes. <laughs> But well, that's so, what Trev needs to do next is cut all ties. But here's the, the other thing that happens in, in the hold on, because there's something that we need to go back to in the 90s, but I'll get to it. What doing Winning. coke and steroids? I agree. Here, so here's another thing that happens in the style <laughs> video. There's two players, I'm not I'm not gonna name them, but they've been allowed to quit and rejoin the team multiple times. If you quit, you quit. Mm-hmm. Like not a leave of absence. If you quit, you fucking quit. Yeah, and you, that's you unacceptable. Go. And because there's there's certain players that those 
same positions, fucking working their ass to the bone that aren't getting. And it answers not- my question why certain guys are playing that shouldn't be. Well, because then, they're sticking with it. And yep. now guys that and guys that are tweeting out, you know, like, hey, still one school, right? Still the Huskers. We're gonna move forward, whatever. But we're not seeing these guys play. There's all it's almost like they have they but they know for a fact right now that everybody's got a shot. Everybody yeah. has a shot. You said it today. Chancellor Brewington could be our right tackle. Brian Buscini could be the left tackle for all we know coming out of bye week against Indiana. I mean, that's yeah. how open that's how open this is. And that's what Joseph is 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 doing correctly. So do you think that that kind of ties into the his press conference? What do you make of his continued response of, hey, it's not on the players. It's on me. It's on me. I, I love it. Better. I love it. I love it, but at the end of the day, anybody with a brain knows it's not really on him. But what is on him is how we come out. There's no way he could change anything in three days of practice. Anybody who expected anything different is fucking delusional, including myself, because I thought maybe <laughs> maybe we were going to ride the momentum, right? We were going to ride the new energy. We did. I was hoping One break. offensive series and two of the first three defensive series, they did. Right. But this goes back to the the mentality of the team as soon as and by the way chin's great first three series what happened the rest of the game you made no adjustments the rest of the game the most exotic you got was on those first three series and you forced two punts but as soon as the offense got stopped as soon as the defense gave a gave up a long touchdown you just saw everybody deflate and it it's even trickled into the fans because the zach correct me if i'm wrong but the stadium got awfully quiet after that 60 yard touchdown you know so the 60 yard touchdown to me that was a really weird play um because it 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 quieted the fans down a little bit yeah but everyone everyone kind of was like all right well that's that's the first score that kind of is what it is they're gonna score Mm -hmm. yeah um i think it was more when our offense slowed down to the point that it was multiple possessions that the energy was really drained at that point from not only the the fans because it was dead at that point, but you could tell that it kind of got sucked away from the team as well because when they so before the game, um, being in that stadium and everything, it there there was a certain energy in that stadium. It it was really intense. Um, just sitting there, you could kind of feel it. Um, it, it just that it was something that was really cool to be a part of. And then, you know, the game kicked off and everything. That offense was rolling. First series looked really good. You kind of felt like, wow, okay. they So they can compete awesome. But then it was, well, how did they compete after the first punch to the mouth? And they still competed after the first punch to the mouth. But it was, okay, what about the second one? Okay, they didn't bounce back as hard. What about the third one? After the third one, they were done for. And the crowd was too. The crowd was completely zapped. It was well, hard to that, hear that crowd be that silent. Well, I said it. He he makes that run. It's like, uh, here we go again, right? Because there were there were too many times that, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a hold. I'm looking for anything to, to just help the defense in that moment because that, you know, it's a game changer. But I want to go to that point too, though. Something that, and I, because I kept hearing fans around me yelling, yelling for this. Well, we're, come on, give us a call. There's a hole. There's a block in the back. And I get it because you got to earn how, it. Thank it, you. Exactly. You have to earn it. But you also, 
control what you can control. That's another thing DB says all the time. Don't count on getting a call from the ref. Execute what you can execute. Stop saying, well, what about this? What about this? Yeah, shit happens on every fucking play. You're not always going to get the call. Out-execute them, out-play them, or just get off get, the field. Yes, get off the field. The, the, you can't complain about it anymore at this point. Either so, execute or don't. Have we, okay, so speaking of like that, and it kind of comes into play, what you can control, and it, it again, we're like, we're jumping all over the place, but that's okay. Like, have we seen Phelan Sanford play like an actual defensive snap since he made that seen great special play? Teams. Exactly. Since, yeah, since he so made a the, huge like, play against telling, North Dakota. You're telling me that like just putting someone out there that you know has effort and will try and will run through the wall. There's, there's a point. To, I mean, cause I'm going to keep saying it. What did we hear the very first press conference? No fear or failure, right? That is so far gone that there is, there's hesitation. There's just, you, you can say that every time you go to Taco Bell though, too, no fear of failure. And then you're shitting your brains out 20 minutes later. Cause you got food poisoning again. Do you understand my point though? Don't I think sue me, Taco Bell. The, the idea though of, Hey, go out and play hard. If you make a mistake, make that mistake at hundred percent and, exactly. and correct it. But we haven't seen that though. They also didn't correct point, it on the field. They correct. No. The and that's the thing afterwards. though. That's the thing. Cause they, they yeah. come off certain guys, Drake, you said it before certain guys have made their way through. I don't know why, or not, I shouldn't say, I don't know how or what they've done differently than some of these other guys. And then just take, for example, and we don't know what's going on behind the doors and at practice, but, but yet you've got media guys today as they talk about, because AJ Allen is hurt, right? So now you're looking at this running back room, which, which is one of the strengths of the team. And now so, it's completely but decimated. Now, but, but now you're putting this, these people are putting Ramir Johnson Back in this mix, like, are you kidding me? You think he's all of a sudden, but the only reason I bring it up is the fact that he has now a legitimate chance. I thought he had a, a legitimate chance Saturday to be more involved, but I think, especially with the bye week, if he's going to do his thing, now's the time. And if if guys that don't play over the next week against Indiana, the following week, stuff like that, if they're not playing, then I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take it trusting those coaches like, Hey, there's better guys because I think we're going to see a recalibrated offensive line, except Hickson, whatever. I think we're going to see some different things defensively. We lost Prohaska for the season. So that's a shuffle either way. Now I will say the positive part about it. It was kind of crazy, but I was, once I saw a picture because it was never mentioned as to why initially from Joseph, but when I saw it was an arm thing, I felt better. Back, yes. shoulder, shoulder, trap, shoulder. Tri- tri- I was steps. trying to drink water. God damn it, Fitz. Trying to stay yeah, hydrated. Yeah, shoulder. Thought we were playing but a game or something. To your point, like at this toes. point, at, at this point, it's got to become all out. You're either producing or you're not. And not that Casey Thompson hasn't played his ass off, but if Casey isn't making throws in the next game when he needs to on third down with a clean pocket. It's time to go to Chuba. It's time to go to Smothers. Like everybody's job needs to be up for grabs right now. And I think that's the message that Mickey is sending today by letting go of chins. Like, hey, leader's not getting it done. By the way, you're all on notice now, too. And as as disappointing as it is, because you know, we were Zach and I said numerous times, hey, chins might be on on some people's watch list for a coach. And last year, all of a sudden, 
yeah, last year and going into this year. And all of a sudden now he's jobless, right? Fuck, was so, I wrong? It's disappointing that it didn't work out for Chins. Um, I, I don't think any of us realized how big of a difference Snacks, Stilly, Dismuke, all those guys made. Deontay Dome Williams, Cam Taylor yeah. Britt. Yep, and that's it. <laughs> JoJo Doman. Fuck you. I mean, it's just, but you're, and okay, the irony of that, some of the, with the COVID year, Deontay Williams, for example, I don't know who else. Six-year guys, right? Six-year guys. Whose recruits were they? Riley. I mean, he did, they did more with Riley's recruits. Now, Adrian Martinez was. Stanley Morgan, J.D. Spielman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we actually had a return game then. Um, Divino Zigbo. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. There's so many, there's so many directions to go with this that it's it's just you know you try to figure out but we've never and and i'm going to screw up the analogy whatever but we've never gotten to what's causing the infection we just keep putting cream we just keep putting a band-aid whatever it is to to try to remedy it but we've never gotten in we need to go in and perform full-on surgery at this point we got to get in and figure out you know we can go down the list of recruits that have come in for four four plus years under Scott Frost that have all been misses the going back to the hot mic the the thing that that surprised me the most was whoever just talking to Stai directly I can't tell who it is says and Scott hated recruiting I know as much because Scott told me if your coach is not invested in the recruiting cycle and this is my problem with Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska too he's been very hands-off in recruiting for the men's basketball program if the head guy isn't involved in helping you make, find the pieces to put together the puzzle, what do we expect? Wasn't that part of wasn't that part of Bellini's downfall too? There was a lot of talk that he wasn't huge on recruiting. He only wanted to re- recruit two and three stars out of Youngstown, Ohio. Now at well, least Pellini and his his staff they could develop, right? They developed guys. Frost brought in some far talented players that they just never developed. And so Zach, I, I don't, I don't know why we're surprised. So Chins is out. Frost is out, right? They promote Bill Bush, Mickey Joseph's the, the um, man in charge right now. Interim. What do the interim head coach, what does this week and next week look like for the Huskers in your opinion? You know, honestly, I feel like, because their week starts on Tuesday now, I believe. Doesn't start on Monday, like it. Yeah, they did, did like previously. full on wholesale changes, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I think their week starts Tuesday because Mon- Mondays are an off day or a school day. Um, I mean, schematically, it is what it is to a degree. Um, one thing the defense is, and I'm gonna steal a line from uh, the great Nate Diaz from uh, UF the UFC. He says, we're not going to, you know, you, you can't play touch button in the park. And that's that's what they were doing in practice. They were tagging off. Tapping, so, tagging off, yeah. Yep. Was anybody so else surprised to hear Farmer said they've been tagging off for four years? I did not know it was tags for four fucking years. I was shocked when I heard that. That's that's part of the thing that got me thinking, okay, well, there's a lot of shit I, I looked past, like in the dating world that I've been not a part of for almost a decade now. So I can talk like an expert to this. 
you you look and you're 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 talking to someone, but there's so many red flags, and you just keep looking past me like, no, no, it's it, this person is this. God, it's be the great. red flags are staring <laughs> you right in the face, and you're like, no, 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 it's fine. This person's really really hot. It's fine. And it's like, yeah, yeah no. They're... Until you hit that one red flag where it's like, oh fuck, I'm in way too deep, and this is a problem. That's I feel like yeah. the last five years. Now it's bunny yeah. in a boiling water pot. Yeah, so... it's just. Fits to answer your question on what the next two weeks look like. This is where oh, yeah, I, this is where I say it, we sorry. go back to the 90s. This is where I say we go back to the 90s. How often do we hear players on those championship teams talk about practice was more difficult than the games because they were beating the shit out of each other? We don't have to go back to the power eye or the wing tee or any of that shit, but we have to go 100% contact in practice. Uh, you might see a couple injuries here and there, but that's something you got to live with. That's why the offensive line is weak. That's why the defensive line is weak is because if you are not, and DB said it on Big Red Overreaction too, if you're not going 100% ones-on-ones tackling each other, your offensive line is not working the run game. The defensive line is not working the run game. So th- this is what we got to go back to the 90s. I don't care about the scheme, but practice, the way we practice it's has to go back to the pro- 90s. Process equals production. And you're it's going like to Joseph has said himself, we're going to be, it's not so much worried about this because this obviously isn't working. You got to do the individual shit. You got to fix what drills, is broken. Drills. Yes. Drill, 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 drill. And I think that's literally all this week is going to be. Then next week when you can prepare for an opponent and you, you've you got that opponent on, on the record, then that's when you start. I, can you, you imagine know I a guy, a, I want... a player? Sorry, I was going to say, just imagine a player coming in there and just take kind of loafing it maybe in a drill, feeling pity for himself, you know, pouting a little bit. Like, I, I would not want to be that player. And you're going to just get, you're going to go. No, because and, Mickey's and not life, fucking feeling sorry for himself. No, he's, to, like, hell no. Imagine, imagine if he treats, not if, imagine now that he's going to treat the entire team, all 274 guys that are on that team, 127 walk-ons, whatever it is, he's going to treat them like he was in his wide receivers room. And the way he talked at the beginning is like, this wide receiver room is going to go without you. You don't want to do it? Fine. Next guy up, right? I need six dudes to do this. And now he he's going to go in and he needs five dudes that can block or will try to block on the offensive line. I need four dudes. Get a fucking hand on that, somebody. But that's And those are the things, though, that that's where I think, uh, you know, Drake and I were talking a little bit about it yesterday. It's like simplify. Simplify as much as you can just to let them go out there and play. But let your guys – let the scheme in that regard, like whatever Whipple can do. I think you might easy. see that on your defense starting. Yeah, that's, with, with and that's, yeah, that's, the, and that's yes, what we were talking yes. about. Simplify yeah. the defense as much as possible. But you know what I want to see this week from practice? I want videos of three-on-three linemen on linemen, defense versus offense, trying to beat the shit out of each other. I think that's the drill that they should do. One-on-one, three-on-three, two-on-two, mm-hmm. I don't care. And then linebackers are running backs. Safeties are running backs trying to tackle those guys in space because th- those are the drills we should be running. I don't want tackling dummies. I don't want blocking dunk- blocking sleds. We don't I want seven on seven in, we don't need seven on seven in spandex shorts. Exactly. And, a- and aviator helmets. I mean, just it's, it's time to, it's time to muscle up. Well, and then yeah. angles are angles are really. I'm, really I'm just completely right baffled at, at how much has come out about what we weren't doing in practice. Like, I didn't, I didn't play a lot of football. I didn't play a lot of football growing up, guys. 
but this was everything that we're not doing in practice was shit that I didn't practice at the junior high in the couple of years of high school I played. Like, it's not rocket science on how to make your team tough. Well, and it was an indictment the on the previous staff about their practices, right? Yeah, and they right. weren't look- tough and this and that because they were. Diaco was trying to teach them how to tackle. Like, I, I'm not going to say the so, word that I want to say, but so at least they lost. were practicing tackling, even though it was wrong. Yeah. The rugby stuff, the all whatever that yeah. alligator stuff, but we've lost what we've lost nine years of football. We've lost nine years of because take pick what it is, and I'm going to be proud of whatever they can put out on the field and whatever that record ends up this year. It's a huge asterisk for me, but it's nine years. Next year, it's and now we're now we're looking at a couple of years after that. So, yeah, it's Dude. just completely devs like. Um. Our boy from Eyes on Eyes on Big said it today. Nebraska fans are despondent. That oh, uh, Jeffrey. that is Jeffrey yeah, the Greek. Jeff, Jeffrey the Shout Greek. out Jeffrey the Greek. Jeffrey, you know that that is a much nicer way to put where where we're at, at least in comparison to where I'm at. Like I'm de- I'm dejected. I I'm not depressed. Like don't worry about me there. But I'm just oh, we were, we were. I'm completely baffled at how how we've gotten so far down so fast. And this is, this is, you know, a microcosm of the entire frost tenure. And we're, we're guilty of this. I'm, I'm putting you two on this too. We just took what was said to us and we hyped it up and we made ourselves believe something that just wasn't realistic. Cause we all, what do we say? Seven, eight wins Drake, this year. Those are called dreams. Don't, <laughs> don't piss on my dreams. I'm just I'm just saying, guys, like we're we're as culpable in in the fan base and us being way too excited and having unrealistic expectations this year. Now, part of the problem is we obviously have no idea what's been going on behind closed doors. Well, if I my, knew that's that how we were tagging off that's for how four Miles years. Farmer started it. He's like, you know what? You guys don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go in. We're going to keep working. Right. And there isn't a yeah. big fix. There isn't one thing that we can do that's going to be magic. But as he kept going, then he's like. And I don't know what, what point, you know, what order of things, because you get these pieces here and there. But it's like, yeah, when he says, you know, we've just, we've been tagging off. What do you expect? We've been tagging off for, for four years. Can't undo like, four yeah. years in four days. It's not how that shit works. No. Yeah. And, and, and Joseph uh, talked about it. You know, he said it on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, whatever. That it's, that's, and you guys have said it too. It's muscle memory. Because why wouldn't, why wouldn't you, maybe come in at 85%, a little bit of hesitation when you're just not used to tackling, right? You're not used to that feeling. You're not used to, you know, I, to be honest, let's, let's be realistic here. I'm surprised there haven't been injuries because yeah, of it. Cause when you go soft in football, that's how you get hurt. And you go in and you drop your head first just because you're a little bit apprehensive or whatever the case might be, or you're just going in and hell, maybe your eyes are closed. You know, Speaking I don't of know. eyes closed. You see uh, Clifford take that shot yesterday. Holy fuck. He got yeah, and, pretty and, good. And, and he and got up Auburn. like a boss. I'm just, I'm just saying, because it, it, he wasn't looking for contact. Because how the fuck did you see that guy? But well, God damn. I don't, I don't know if you saw the replay. His face mask, like he, there was a minor face mask, like not worth being called. That's but it turned his, his head body com- just horizontal. <laughs> It turned his head completely away from the guy who just murdered him. He was breaking one tackle and just got destroyed. Oof. But, you know, I, 
we we've all agreed that we're not going to put guys on blast here and i'm sorry because this is my guy but i got to bring it up there was a long run from eric gray where safety's coming downhill probably at about 75 85 percent to Fitz's point marquez buford gets just ankles broken and that's not on marquez buford because they clearly haven't been coached correctly like to me, that's on coaching. If he's that late getting into into the run game from the safety position, that Eric Gray's 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and still has another 15 yards before Buford is able to get to him. What do you like? There's no chance for Buford on that play. Like, I feel terrible for the kid because he's going to end up on ESPN's top 10 because that move made him look silly. But that's on coaching. That's on scheme. Like, that's not on him. Yeah, I mean, we kind of brought this up earlier, and I'll I just want to give. I get what Mickey was saying when he said this is on me. It is to a degree because you're you're the head man, so you got to say that, like you were saying, Drake. Player said it's not on coach. Okay, it's on everybody at this point. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. we'll just call it what it is. Um, I will say even after that beating that Venables was generous enough to not continue with into the fourth quarter. And, and I want to say this real quick about Venables. That dude's a fucking class act. That yeah. dude is going to be successful at, at Oklahoma. And he was I was coaching his, he was coaching his third stringers up and they're up 49 to zero and he's getting after him. And he's talking about it's the little details. It's everything that Venables like, good for is. You, dude returning to a program that you were such a big part of now granny wasn't a player there but he was an assistant coach there under under stoops i believe um and uh riley um so he was there for quite some time but um just bringing the knowledge of the game following a process and in treating your third stringers the way that you're treating your first stringers i mean to me that says something about the culture you know what i mean and that's not something that we've been doing here that's not something we've been doing here for a long time no, it the, the last guy that I think did that was Bo. Bo was yeah the last guy that that you could say, hey, this is a dude that got got on your ass for. That's the last time it was a legitimate football program, and I'm not talking wins and losses. I'm talking legitimate football program, like everything was ran the way. Now, like we we can go into Bo's faults, right? But he at least not, ran just, it like a program. Yeah, did they have issues and were there leaks when they played Wisconsin? Yes. When one rusher gets 747 yards, I, I know that's not the right number, but you know there are there are issues, right? But what they did to, but, the, but again, now I just I talk myself out of this because look what now I talk myself out of again because what I was going to say is look what the Nebraska look what the defense did against Oklahoma last year. You guys have already we've already brought up those six guys. That's the difference, right? And. Part Which, of it is by accountability the way, you're, if you're those guys last year, those guys last year, sorry, Drake, those guys last year were yeah. saying they didn't, they were tired of losing. Jojo yeah. was tired of losing. Cam Taylor Britt was tired of losing. They were taking it upon themselves. At this point in time, you've got all these new guys. They don't know that they're going to do the best they can, but that's not on them. Right. There's no, yeah. there's no. Yeah. Well, the thing I was going to say too, is so much has <laughs> been made of this season from chins. Like these guys got to learn the scheme. If your scheme is so complicated that guys like Miles Farmer can't learn it in three to four years, 
that's a fucking problem. You should have dumbed it down. Like that's a coaching mistake. Everything you do on both sides of the ball and special teams or become a better be teacher. dumbed down. Well, I, I mean, I, obviously I, we got to go there too. You got to become a better teacher. But I think that's you're going to dumb down everything. I don't. I don't I think mean, it's. I know what you're saying, but I don't think it's honestly. I don't think it's dumbing it down, right? I think it's just right. It's just too much for what you're Simplify trying to do. If responsibilities. You to, if you have to think more than you can play, there's something wrong with that. Until and then, if you can't figure it out, then you're always thinking, and then thinking leads leads to hesitation. Hesitation leads to being late. Being late leads to a 60 yard quarterback run. Well, and so. And so, and, and I don't feel like I'm calling this kid out with, by saying this. Um, so Ernest Hausman has, has came into the lineup the last couple of weeks um, because injuries to Heinrich. We all knew how athletic Hausman is. Kid's a stud. But you're throwing him into a defense where he's got to make a ton of reads that I don't know if, because he's a freshman, he doesn't have the game experience. Plus the game, the just college experience at that level of seeing what's going on in front of him, making all the correct checks and different things like that. I don't think that's on him. That's on chins to simplify that so that that middle linebacker knows what's going on around him or someone to make a check with me so that he knows where he's got to be. The guy behind him that can see everything needs to be able to tell him and then he can adjust from there too. And that wasn't happening either. But also, I just think that if going back to what you're saying, if the defense is too complicated for your defenders to be able to pick up and not be able to read and react in a quick manner, I I don't feel like you're not doing your job. You got to be a better teacher. Well, and you don't think we had a teacher on the roster for four years. Now we finally do, but it's too little too late. Last year against last year against Illinois. They came out in a different front, and 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 they were screwed for a while, right? That's that. I want to punch Frost in the head after I after I heard that. But then think about, and I know it can be a little bit emotional, and I know you might just be saying something to say. But even after the game yesterday, with some of the post game comments from the players, when they are saying that they were showing us stuff that we hadn't seen before, right? So is that is that game prep? Is that you know I keep I keep coming back to. And um, uh, Pat Fitzgerald said it. He's like, I've watched every play. And, he, you know, it's hyperbole a little bit, but he's like, I've watched every play that Mark Whipple's ever run on offense at every school because they didn't have it anything for Nebraska. That's just – that's a sentiment, though, is that you're preparing yourself for it. And if – you know, and again, kudos to Oklahoma. There were times that they had a 15-yard, 20-yard pass play and that ball is set, and the linemen are there on the line, and they're go. And it's not that our guys it's, – I mean, it's not a fitness thing. Our guys were obviously there, but they weren't ready to go. Those are those times when whether you call a timeout or you have it and you say, okay, hey, we're going to base. Here's what you're doing. There's no movement, blah, 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 blah. Just play. And those are the types of things that I think sometimes can get you out of those situations, whether it slows it down calling a timeout like I was I was excited Joseph was using timeouts like he flat out ran down and called timeout because the guy was on the the referee was on the five yard line and so he ran out of the the player coach's technical area right and gets down there and calls timeout because again here we go that's what coaches do (laughs) you know and so so let me let me let me do this we'll go wherever you guys want to go after this but speaking of that's what coaches do 
was looking over a few things and I presented this to you guys earlier off the podcast because we know somebody's going to have to come in, but we're going to look at this a little bit differently today. Who, who, do you have any ideas, the type, what are you looking for in the next defensive coordinator? Obviously, whomever the coach is, is going to bring this guy in, right? But if you could say, hey, coach, here's who I want you to bring in as your next defensive coordinator. You guys have, you guys have any ideas? Well, so it's going to matter. Obviously, you made, you made this point, like, it's going to matter who the head coach is. Because if the head coach is a defensive guy, I could see a defensive guy coming in and calling the plays. Like, let's throw out Jim Leonard, for for instance. I could see Jim Leonard also calling the plays. And then at that point, defensive coordinator doesn't really matter. Um, ooh, Zach, I'll, I'll let you answer it first. I, I don't know if I have a DC in mind, but I have some qualities. Yeah, I mean... I- Honestly, my DC and then head coach are almost going to tie together because essentially the head coaches I want, I'd love for them to bring the DCs with them because the, and I know that sounds blasphemous, but every coach I want is outside of one. I take that back. Um, has proven it on a division one level. Um, Would you believe me if I said I planned this? Because it's exactly where I was. And I was holding off from earlier saying something because it was connected directly to a coach. Yeah, so continue. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough because. So who's your one that doesn't have the success? Um, so the one that doesn't have success. Uh, well, I, I guess it, it was a head coach more than anything. that, But I don't know if I wanted to bring the D.C. That was Leipold, if that's what you meant. Uh, okay. I just don't know how well. I'll let I'll let the season play out on his defensive coordinator. As far as building a program, though, the guy can do it. I I would not be opposed to Lance Leipold being the the head coach in Nebraska. It's not going to be the splashy hire, but if you look at that dude's hands and the amount of fucking rings he's got from winning national titles and building programs, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, and he's 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 a little bit older. Right. Not not to say that experience is, is everything, but there's a little bit of a maturity that comes with that. Coached I mean, at UNO. Coached at UNO, was on the staff at Lincoln, um, did wonders in his time at, at Buffalo. Had the he has the best winning percentage Whitewater per- percentage, right? Played played quarterback. So if you want a guy, so now you don't again we, and we've seen this before. It's all about a utilization of resources right now. You know Trev's going to give whomever the coach is some pretty good funds to get a really good staff because I think part of it is that's the is we go through three or four years and then it's like well no now we need to change this so get get try to get who you want to get type of thing. Um, I like, like Munson is, said to us yesterday on our show Fitz that whoever that next head coach is if it's not Mickey if it's not Mickey. Trev is doing everything in his power to make that coach keep retain Mickey. Oh if yeah. Mickey, if Mickey wants to be here and if, you know, but yeah, yeah, like, but that's the thing though. If, if we went through and say, okay, pick a, give me a wide receivers coach. Mickey's got to be top five wide receivers coach in the nation. All right. Without his, a doubt. Re- his recruiting prowess, top three. I'll go with it. You, you convinced me. Don't I really me to push again. you there. Um, that's a hard sell. I'm a hell of a salesman what can I say but like for me just kind of looking through some stuff and and you are 100% right so take a guy like Brad White from Kentucky okay Um, 
And this is four hours with me. <laughs> what is that, Zach? What? <laughs> it was a message I got on my phone. I was really confused. Oh, I, was like, go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I thought it was your phone or something, Zach. The way you were kind of froze for a second. Um, but but nope, that's called confusion. Brad Brad White, I'm I'm there. That's where I live. Land of confusion. Shout out to Genesis and Phil Collins. But anyway, so I Brad White, Kentucky. And the the thing I like about it and this could be for Mark Stoops too, but it flat out talked about Mark Stoops' ability to leave the defense in that guy's hands allowed Mark Stoops to then take ownership of the entire program at Kentucky, and we've seen we've seen the success, right? We, Stoops is another guy I love, but I looked at his price tag too, and I'm like... No, no, I understand that, but leave. I'm just, just saying just, though, but... Oh, no, you know, that was just an observation that... But, but, but here's the know, thing though. Interesting. These, go ahead. I was just going to say, some of these guys are career coordinators, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hell, I'll, I, I would take that at this point, right? Take pride in your craft. You don't want to deal with all the minutia, and you just want to you want to do that. But if, let's say, Stoops goes somewhere else, you know, now it could be Arizona State. Who knows? In, in, in two weeks, it could be Notre Dame. There's going to be a lot of other jobs open. We, we get that, right? The, the, uh, the idea of what it takes to keep the job has is, is changed in the last 20 years. But if Brad White's not a guy that either goes with Stoops to his next job, doesn't, isn't in line for that contract. Those are the types of guys that you would imagine these coaches probably, you know, if they can Google, they're probably looking at the same shit we are. So, um, but yeah, yeah. just that the ability though, to, to take over and do it yourself type of thing. Yeah. And the one thing I was going to say about Stoops, I know a lot of people say Stoops isn't going to leave Kentucky. I can definitely see a world where Stoops leaves Kentucky. He's the number two. He's the number two, arguably the number three most important coach in terms of how they view that school with women's volleyball being on the rise. And oh, shout out to basketball for taking that in three straight today. Sweet. Sweet. But I don't think Mark Stoops gets the respect that he deserves at Kentucky for what he's done. Granted, he's been there a while, and it's taken him a while to get him to this point, but the guy built a program out of a school that put no resources into football until until he got them to the level they're at. Well, that's why uh, the AD needs to be real stuff. fucking worried. Mm-hmm. Because, and, uh, yeah, him and Calipari fighting, that's, that's not good for your university if there's job openings and people right, open names. Exactly. That'll just give you a blank check and say, all right, name your price. Okay, so Jim Jim Leonard would be all of our tops, right? If he could in yeah. a magical world and he could be a oh, DC, yes, right? A, oh, yeah. DC. But he's not, there's no way he's leaving Wisconsin for anything other than a head coaching job, right? Or can we is that a safe statement? He'll be a head man this time next or in next yeah. year. Yeah. Might I, be I, I think same that's a safe too. statement. I think that's a safe statement. Um, but you know, we've talked about this a little bit. Coaching co- all, all these coaches have egos, right? I can see a world where somebody doubles his salary with, and, and not just looking at Nebraska, we'll throw Arizona State out there too, right? Where somebody doubles his salary as a coordinator and says, hey, we are so broken, come fix us. And he sees that as a challenge to pad his resume. There, there, it, it's a small chance, but th- there is that, that possibility. What I'm looking for in a defensive coordinator is – you know, and I'm defense. very much 
yeah a defense <laughs> i'm i'm very much like i don't like to look at the past and like try and relive the past but a guy like similar to bo Pelini's resume would be would be perfect spend a little bit of time in the nfl and why is that important because the nfl sees the most complex offenses and, and you're you know learning you're from the best to, and you know where you're trying to get to in a way like you and, and to yes. use the the you're, you're dumbing it down in a way right but you're taking mm-hmm what you know got people here, what these players can do. And now you're yep. attributing that to what you need them to do in your system. Mm-hmm. And like Mickey said in his first press conference last Monday, when he talks to his brother Vance, one of the things that he says is, hey, when I get these college cornerbacks and deep safeties, they don't know how to tackle. Well, Mickey's like, I'm going to have these guys tackle, right? Like we're going to tackle every day in practice starting now. Well, the irony so, of that. I think I I think something I somebody with a similar resume to Bo Pelini and definitely the fire of a guy like Bo Pelini or Brent Venables. I want our defense to be aggressive, coaching you up all the time because that's something I haven't seen even se- since Bo period is coaching on the sidelines. And yes, it has to be fiery in football. It just does. These, these guys are still learning. There's coaching at the NFL, right? They're still yeah. coaching these guys in what way should, yeah, it might be on a Microsoft tablet, but they're still coaching them and they're looking at the pictures they're going through all that. It's just at a different level, but Joseph did it the other day. I think it was a receiver. He was talking mm-hmm. to a receiver on the sideline, the route. It may have been Alante Brown, actually. Alante Brown oh, with, was supposed to go out. The out. Yeah. And he was supposed to come in or he came in and he was supposed to go out. It appeared. But yeah, I think you you brought up Venables again, and you talked about the money. He's the guy that I'm thinking about. That and again, I'm not I'm guesstimating on this number because I don't have it right in front of me. But let's say he was making like seven million dollars as a defensive coordinator, whatever it was, right? Two. Highest paid defensive coordinator in the country, two million. Two million. Oh, yeah. seven million. Highest paid better. coordinator. Period. Yeah. But imagine again somebody like LSU. somebody like Leonard coming in, which which then is almost like. So we're paying our we're paying our old line coach three hundred thousand dollars. Like you've got to we've got to find a way to to put some money where where we need it to be. Um, well, and I mean that that's standard, right? Position coaches are you know in the four hundred fifty thousand. Look at our offensive line. Find somebody. Pay Bill Callahan a million dollars to come coach our offensive line. I would love it, man. I I would love it. I'm just telling Notre you, like Dame's offensive. I'm, Line coach was available. We'll I'm just, go somewhere else. But we got his we got his GA instead. Bring Charlie Weiss. Let him coach the offensive line. Mm. But see, this is where I this is where, and again, if it's Joseph or not, because I firmly believe if Joseph is the guy for the job, and I'm gonna trust, and I like there's an adult in that 80 office right now, right? Eichhorst was a, an accountant. <laughs> Wow. An accountant. What? He ruined Nebraska football. Well, Steve Peterson ruined it first. Well, well, he just won up. (laughs) But, you know, so you go through and then you got Bill Moose, who was kind of on a money grab. It seems like like, hey, you know what? Look, I'm going to enjoy this and take it for everything it's worth type thing. But now you've got Trev, who has experience. Obviously, those guys did to a degree, but has passion for the university. But if, if he says mickey joseph's the guy mickey joseph has enough experience and enough connections 
that I feel more confident that he's going to get the right guys to take be the there. Clemson approach to help him, to help him. Like, yeah, I legitimately don't... how amazing would this be though to become? And I know it's a joke, but to become the what Alabama has in a way, but like Harson from Alabama, Hermat Edwards from Arizona State, where Nebraska, whoever the next coach is, brings all these former head coaches in to be coordinators. Like, dude, why, why not? Why can't we have that idea either? Yeah. So what I, what I was also going to say is whoever the next head guy is and whatever changes he makes with retaining or bringing in new guys, I want, I, I don't want to see a ton of crossover of them spending time together. I, I think that's like four or five guys from the same staff coming in with the, yeah, or yeah. or you know, we worked together at LSU eight years ago for two seasons. Like, I don't want to see a ton of that. And I know that's how how this is generally built. Like you make those connections, but that's how you also get all these yes men. That's that that was the problem with Bo. He was too loyal. Like, that's why he ran through offensive coordinators, though, too. Like, because he was just cycling them out. He didn't have a lot of experience with them, but Bo wanted his hand and everything. And I don't think the next head coach can be like that. But Bo and Carl were calling plays together, and they brought in all their buddies to run the defense. Like the next DC cannot have spent an extended amount of time with the next head coach or the next offensive coordinator. In my eyes, I, I want a defensive coordinator that has experience, and I don't even think maybe SEC a little bit, but has experience in what is the Big Ten football, right? you know what it becomes in late October, November, but there's an, and it's, there's so many different styles right now, but you still look what we thought Northwestern might try to do. And they ran it down their throats, right? You've got to be able to, and that's, that's first and foremost for me. And I understand you've got to have the, but again, and, and I'm going to give him credit, Damon Benning. And I talked about it earlier when he was with Schaefer today on their, on the Sunday show, he talked about, yeah, they got some dudes in there. They've got guys that, but are they the right guys for what you're trying to do? Are you recruiting guys to just say you recruited these guys? Or are you recruiting guys because you need a two technique guy, right? Are you, do you want a linebacker that you know will stick his nose in there every single time and help stop the run? Those are, those are the things that I want these coaches decisions. I want these coaches to make. Absolutely. And I watched, I watched Matt Burzal's Husker hangover on Facebook today and somebody asked him, Hey Matt, why are all our offensive linemen long and lean when in the night, no blocking machines, they were short and wide. And Matt says, you know, Teddy, we coach Teddy up. Teddy has the footwork. Teddy can play at that level. But for the most part, the reason why they were so successful with those shorter guys is, they had leverage. I and somebody made this point the, a couple of weeks ago on Facebook about these six nine, these six ten offensive linemen. They have no leverage and they can't move side to side. Like I never thought that our offensive linemen were too big until somebody pointed it out, and then I watched it happen yesterday. Well, you right? can like, be that big. You just have to have bend, and if you don't have bend, we then don't. you can't be that big. Right. Exactly. But and your your feet and your you, upper body you are have, not matching up either. If you so. have five, six, ten, three hundred pound offensive linemen that can get up under your shoulder pads, that's probably the way to go. And trust, like 
we have a ton of those guys running around this state and in Iowa that aren't being recruited by power five schools. And, you know, again, I'm not a big go back to the nineties guy, but we had a ton of those guys on our teams in the nineties and the eighties that made us successful. Scott Shanley put it out last night. I think it was last night or this morning. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, get back to these six, two, six, three guys, a little bit squattier. Right. But there are also some of those guys because they don't maybe have the tape as a high school because they're not as big as, you know, the guy standing next to Teddy Prosca isn't going to show as well physically, isn't going to show as well on tape, but they have the potential, right? Because they're still going to Does he have the technique? Yeah, and stuff like that. Because And that's probably what they have to – and that's the that's a big part of it. Well, if usually I can just, you're recruiting to a scheme. There's no scheme. There hasn't been one. We, I, I would argue that we have the tallest offensive line in the country. And I mean, we, we may. We move nothing. But and that and that's fine. You can do that if that fits your scheme. But there's not a scheme because there's no pet plays because there's no base to the offense, which is why it always is changing. Which is something that Scott Frost brought up previously that there's no, essentially that their offense changes weekly. Yeah. So you I would also can we just can we well. script the? Is it possible to script the entire game? Because our scripted plays coming out of most first quarter or you know first possession is first really drive. Good. First drive, and then if they've scripted 16, 18 plays and they only have to use seven or eight, maybe they go back to the to the other nine, 10, or 11, whatever it is. Can we just script the rest of the game and say no matter what? All right, so it's second and 15 when we're on our own three. We're still going to run what play number 37 that's on our list. You know, but well, I don't – did you guys – like the first drive, we ran tempo too. Like it was quick, quick, quick. And then we went away from tempo – like – why and for four plus years when we run tempo we're successful and then we stop running tempo it why do we go away from what works like this is this is the the problem with nebraska football for the last 20 years like we find something that works you fits normally when you're talking about it it's a guy has a big game and then he's on a milk carton right we we talked about it on saturday with isaiah garcia castaneda We've talked about it with Ramir Johnson in the past. We've talked about it with Divino Zigba, all of them, right? Historically, our problem has been somebody gets on a run, they play great, and then they go on a milk carton. Now, our scheme is our our successful scheme goes on a milk carton. Like we run tempo, we march down the field, we score, and then we're moving at a snail's pace the rest of the game. There's something to be said about having some freedom and the ability to to mix things up based on who you're playing. But I don't know if I could ever tell, like, if, if it was for a million dollars, like, okay, give me an idea of what you think the style is going to look like offensively in this game. I have no idea. Because, you know, which is, again, counterpoint to that for myself is if they can find a way to run the ball. But that's the thing. Over the last four, four years, eight years with Riley, too, if, the, if running the ball was working, guess what they didn't do? Run the, run the ball. ball. We know... And it was happening with Held too, and 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 Frost as the offensive coordinator, and all this other stuff. It's like you go in, and the team you're playing against has the 124th ranked rush defense. Wait, that's Nebraska, but you're playing those guys, and what do you do? You come out throw, and it's three and out, three and out, three and out. I just, I don't know. I that's why I'm like, give me a guy that has either the right guys or in his own mind a system and Leipold has a system and has a scheme, right? And it's kind of fun. I mean, if Kansas is playing a fun, entertaining, successful Brown of football, 
you know, why wouldn't we want, why wouldn't we want that? But just, He's just you a know, program builder at this point. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have you heard me say it guys? Three. I don't care what the other time, what other team does do what we do focus on what we do. And we can't do that because we don't know. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of, do you, do you think there's imagine, do you think there's hesitation in, in Grant's mind? that already like, okay, we're going to run this play. What am I going to have to do? And I'm wondering then in his, like, is he cutting something out early? Is he, is he foregoing what the actual assignment might be? Because he knows it. It's not going to probably and not. That, he's going to hit fucking five yards. Well, in the backfield. Like, if that stuff's happening, how successful is anything going to be? Right. And I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazingly it's, disappointing guys. I think, well, I, I have hit an I've hit a new low for Nebraska football. And somebody today posted on Facebook. They said, is this finally rock bottom? And the only response I have to that question anymore is stop asking. Because when we think we get there, we find a new bottom. Yeah, once you hit there, you don't have to ask anymore. So I sat I and sat unfortunately I don't think we've bottomed out. I sat in the stadium and this had to have been you guys can fact check this. 96 or 97 we were playing texas ricky williams was there and i think it may have been the it was the first home loss for nebraska in like 50 games in a long time and it was halloween and it was just the the feeling in that stadium and as a fan and i you can go back to these guys and that's why shanley and verzel and all these guys are saying this it's not get back to the 90s and you said it too but it's get back to the way things were done the wins will come right the wins will come process equals production but i was like oh, i don't i don't want this feel. and then i'm in the stands in ball state you know we know what that shit show was like but now it's just gotten worse and worse and worse let's let's do the butterfly effect i just want to ask you guys this real quick little butterfly effect here frank solich is not fired where is the program right now? Consistently keep competing for the Big Ten. Consistently. So changes who the coaches are. You know, maybe we're not in the Big Ten. Maybe we're in the SEC at this point, Drake. I'm just kidding. But I, I, I think you're correct because he had, he had an idea. He was changing things, but look what he did when he went to Buffalo, right? He didn't go to Buffalo. Not, not Buffalo, Ohio. Sorry. You know what I meant? Yeah. Goes to Ohio. Um, and he takes them and, and does that. Is he, is he kind of like a light bulb guy? Right. I mean, was good. He's good. So you can do that. That's the thing. He's a coach. Light bulb's yes. a coach. Stoops, I, Stoops is a coach. It's, it's freaking in his DNA. It's in his blood. Do you know what the craziest dynamic about Frank being let go is and Trev being the athletic director now? It, this blows my mind to think about because we all want, we wish Frank would have never been fired, but the AD that we now all have put our trust in because he's made some very difficult decisions, both at UNO and at Nebraska went on TV after that firing and said it was the right move. And that is crazy to think about how much things have changed. I wonder if Trev, if you asked Trev today, if he still believed that, what he would say. That's a great, that's a great point. As you're, I'm, you're a thoughtful, thoughtful co-host, Drake. 
Thank you. I, I bet Trev. I bet Trev would say I was wrong in the moment. Yeah. And knowing what you know now and the way things were going, and yeah, you know, but I don't know. Which is why Trev has rolled out the red carpet to Frank since he retired from Ohio. That's all you can do at that point, right? That's yeah. that's the that's the coach I want though. Like he's been successful. And then he was really successful because he had a thought, he had a, a vision and he stuck to it. Right. He stuck to it. And that's, I think that's kind of all where I would love, and I know we've shit on, on different programs and, and things for the longevity and everything like that. I want our next coach to be here at minimum of like nine years. Like just give me somebody that's going to be able to last that, that long because they're somewhat successful. Yep. So we'll see we'll see what news comes out this week but i got nothing else boys got anything else wait one quick question who which is the next staff member elevated to replace bill bush (laughs) or shenander no fucking idea at this point so who i think it's got to be west fleming the special teams coordinator yeah i think it's got to be west right he has experience at in special teams at lower levels. He's been working with the defense, so he can fill in there too. I, th- I think it's got to be West Fleming. I think he has the longest resume of all the QC guys on defense too. Yeah, I don't know who all's in the who all the analysts are. Um, you know, jokingly, it you know Matt Davison may appoint himself um, as special teams coordinator, but. That that joke did yeah. not land, obviously. Don't mention Matt <laughs> Davison. <laughs> so oh, I know okay. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I know when you go to it, it hasn't been updated as quickly as some other stuff was because when you go to the Huskers page, it was a, a 404 error, which kind of yeah, represents I, the defense over over the last four games anyway. So yeah. defense coach is not appearing. So yeah. Know. So I know we'll 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 jump back into this next week are you guys are you guys a little optimistic at all moving forward yeah Hopeful. it can't get worse than it was i actually trust don't say that be a fucking grown up don't say that um i'm i'm hopeful i would i wouldn't say i'm optimistic about anything i'm hopeful that we can just see some growth moving forward from the players Indiv- individual effort team effort um, coaching on the sidelines i hope to be, see more coaching yeah. i i honestly again i said it before i don't want to contradict myself that you know whoever they put out there i'm going to trust right now but i really do think and i even made a point and i made a note in my to myself yesterday because fox did this thing and they it was like the fan choice camera and the camera wanted to be in the trenches camera right so they spotlighted and they were highlighting the the husker offensive line and kevin williams was starting yesterday and I noticed it. And then Corcoran was out on the left. I want to see, again, I want to see some shift. I want to see some, like, you know what? If that means bench a guy for a game, bench a guy for a game. If this guy cannot get it pulled together type thing. So those are the types of things. But Drake, you're right, though. The effort, the, the little pieces, the tackling. Um, Mickey Joseph said extending plays, right? Getting us those downs. Maybe that is Purdy. So there's a lot of things that we're going to be watching for over this week. And then how to break them down. Break them down next week, heading into a a night game in Indiana. Cool. Well, all right, boys. Thanks for joining me. 
And uh, thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. Have a good rest of the night. We'll talk to you all later. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.